know, we all actually put in our, our two weeks uh, on the same day. It was, you know, kind of a risky move, but we all knew that we needed to kind of go all in totally, um, yeah. and really give Montauk Brewing, you know, our full attention. Hi, everybody. So excited to share my conversation with my friend Vaughn Cutillo, one of the co-founders of the Montauk Brewing Company. Vaughn was actually born and raised in Montauk, but he does have a Philly connection, given that he went to Villanova University. And as listeners know, I love featuring success stories with connections to Philly since I grew up there. And one of the main reasons I'm excited to share Vaughn's story is because the Montauk Brewing Company has truly humble and authentic roots. They started from the bottom, literally brewing beers as a hobby in Vaughn's parents' basement. Then when Vaughn and the two co-founders, Eric Moss and Joe Sullivan, were 25, they decided to give their two-week notice to their existing jobs, pull their funds together, and turn their passion of brewing beers into a real business. The first step was to open an actual tasting room, but it didn't happen overnight. Since they were the very first brewing house in Montauk, it took nearly three years to get full permitting from the township. Although they hit some road bumps in the beginning, Vaughn, Eric, and Joe persevered and stayed the course. June 30th, 2018 marks their six-year anniversary of the company. Today, not only do they have an awesome, super popular brewery in the heart of Montauk, but they now also distribute their beer throughout Long Island, Manhattan, Brooklyn, the Queens, the Bronx, Staten Island, and Westchester, New York. They have an incredible following. Just over this past Memorial Day weekend, they sold 300,000 cans of Montauk Brewing Company beer. I can't wait to watch this company continue to grow. And of course, can't wait to visit Montauk this summer. So welcome, Vaughn, to High Five Success Stories. Really excited to have you here. Yeah, excited to to be here. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Yeah, and um, a couple reasons why I'm excited. So number one, like I told you before, I've made a handful of trips out to Montauk every summer, and we always go to the Montauk Brewery Company. Super fun, laid-back vibe. Number two, I love your guys' story. It's authentic and has a lot of synergy with my podcast, so super excited to share it. And number three, a lot of my listeners are Philly-based, and I think it's cool you have a Philadelphia connection given that, you know, you went to school at Villanova. And finally, before I have you kind of dive into, you know, your story before the Montauk Brewery Company, I wanted to give a shout-out to Amy, um, our mutual friend, Amy McMahon. And I, of course, am forgetting how to pronounce her last name now. Your buddy's best yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Amy Wright. Amy and Bobby Wright. Good, yes. Good friend of mine. Okay. She's really kind, and she was sweet enough to put in a good word for me. So I wanted to make yeah, sure I best. recognized her. So, yeah, so I'll let you take it from here by, you know, sort of giving us a background about life prior to Montauk Brewery Company, you know, what it was like growing up in Montauk, how you formed a relationship with two other co-founders, and then, of course, you know, where you went to school. Sure. So, uh, first off, thanks again for having me on the podcast. Really excited to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so, before uh, the business started, before we started Montauk Brewing Company, I, I'm born and raised in Montauk, so my parents moved out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 38 years ago, and it certainly was quiet. It was a little fishing village, but, um, you know, they loved it. It's, uh, you know, the beaches, uh, the weather here is perfect. Um, you know, being outside is a huge part of, of their lives, and uh, it was certainly a big part of mine growing up. So, mm. yeah, so uh, growing up here was great. Went to Montauk Public School. It was kindergarten through eighth grade. Okay. Definitely a small, uh, a small little town here. So everybody's very tight knit uh, group of, of uh, individuals. It's a great community to uh, to call home for sure. So and, I knew. Uh, oh, sorry, God. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, um, you know, how you became friends with the other two co-founders. 
as well. Yeah. So uh, it's myself, uh, Joe Sullivan, and Eric Moss are the uh, were the three founders of the brewery. And uh, Joe is from East Hampton, and Eric's from Wayne Scott, so they're okay. about twenty minutes west of Montauk, but uh, still very much. Uh, part of the East End um, community. Um, so we all went to high school together. So uh, like I said, Montauk is kindergarten through eighth grade, and then everyone pretty much goes to, so from Amagansett, East Hampton, Wayne Scott, uh, Springs, and Montauk, everybody goes to East Hampton High School, uh, about okay. 20 minutes from here. So Joe and Eric and I all met there at East Hampton High and uh, played sports together. We were ocean lifeguards for East Hampton Town for about 10 years together out okay. in Montauk. So we've known each other uh, a long time. That's awesome. And then um, do you want to touch a little bit about where you went to college, too? Because like I said, we've got a big Philadelphia-based uh, listeners. Um, so I know you went to Villanova, which is you know in my backyard, basically. So if you want to tell us about your time there, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I loved it, first off. Um, I toured uh, – so I graduated in 2007 from Villanova, and okay. – you know, after or when I was finishing up uh, East Hampton High School, I, I visited, you know, as everybody does, you know, you visit a ton of different uh, colleges and mm-hmm. and I immediately fell in, uh, fell in love with Villanova. I mean, the campus, the town, uh, it's just beautiful. First off, also the people are incredibly friendly and welcoming. Mm-hmm. And I just felt even before going there, I felt uh, like part of a community. It was a little weird not being near the ocean, obviously, but yeah. I kind of overlooked that and uh, I fell in love with it. The people, everybody, I still have great uh, connections and, and friendships uh, that I made at Villanova. So it was a huge part of my life. Nice. Were you excited when they won the national championship? Yeah, two in three years. Yeah. It was uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, I was uh, certainly, uh, I mean, I was always into basketball, but, uh, you know, going to Villanova, that's just. It's impossible not to be surrounded and, and fall in love with that. Awesome. And then I have to ask you, how do you how did you get to Villanova? Because it's such a hike to Montauk from Villanova. So I'm just curious, did you drive or did you take the train from New York? It, it, yeah, so I uh, I drove. So it's okay. uh, I got it down. It took about four full years before I actually found the best way to get there. But okay. uh, it was uh, it was a trek, but uh, it's actually a beautiful drive, especially once you get closer to Villanova, you know, outside of Philly. Totally, uh, yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah. I'll have to ask you offline about your exact route because I'm trying to nail it down year after year, but I've realized yeah. that driving is the best way over the train. It, so. it definitely is. Yeah. So leading into Montauk Brewery Company, I read that brewing beers began as a hobby for you, um, Eric and Joe. And then in 2010, you decided to you know make it a business. So when did you decide to pull the trigger to turn the hobby into you know, a living, was it a lightning bolt moment or did it sort of evolve over time? Like how exactly did it start? Yeah, good question. You know, we started this, uh, in my basement, uh, in Montauk, uh, a couple years out of, out of Villanova. Um, as, and like you said, it was very much a hobby brewing operation. So we didn't, you know, right away think, Hey, let's start a brewery, but we knew that we wanted to, um, really kind of have it, it kind of function as a way to get all of our friends and family in one place mm-hmm. um, during the summer. So we bought a kegerator and we grill uh, and, you know, have a ton of friends and family over because um, everybody, you know, you know, everybody's kind of pulled in different directions and that kind of functioned as a way for us to kind of celebrate uh, friendship and, and, and just the summer vibe out in Montauk. So okay. uh, that was around 2009-ish, 2010. Okay. And uh, we kind of quickly realized that beers were good. I 
you know, we, we, when we started, Eric Moss is our, uh, one of the founders and he's our brewmaster. So he, uh, you know, I can't take credit for any of the liquid. Uh, he's, he's certainly a craftsman at that. And he really kind of honed his, his skills at the homebrew level and the beers just got better and better. So we kind of realized, you know, a couple things, Montauk is a town, you know, brand name, you know, I, I'll kind of say, um, people kind of knew it internationally, but also, uh, locally. So mm-hmm. people in the city, the Northeast, everybody kind of, you know, knows about Montauk now. Mm-hmm. Craft beer was growing like a weed, you know, just the industry over overall, we kind of realized it was good timing. Okay. Um, and we're all from here. So we can tell an authentic story. I think that's been uh, critical to our success. You know, I think somebody could have come in here with a lot of money and tried to do this. And I don't know if it would have worked because okay. Uh, the community is just so loyal to its own. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we we built a business plan, and it took you know we, we spoke a little bit before uh, before about the permitting process. Mm-hmm. I can jump into that because that was um, you know a huge part of the uh, the startup story. Um, yeah, and and, really, and yeah. before you dive into that too, how old were you guys at this point? Were you guys like three years out of college? Uh, yeah, okay. I was. Uh, so I'm 32 now. Yeah, mid tw- it was like 25 or so. Eric was a little. He's two years older. Okay. Uh, mid 20s, right out of yeah, a couple years out of college. So did you guys all have other full time jobs at that point, and this is sort of just something um, that you guys went for at that point? We did. So we actually all worked. Uh, it was funny. We all worked for um, an alternative energy company out here. So uh, solar, wind, geothermal. Really, they're still uh, doing very well. But a company called Green Logic, based in Southampton, and they. We're an up-and-coming company, but, you know, they offered a great kind of starting, you know, career path or at okay. least, um, you know, it was a great experience. But we all three worked uh, worked for that company. And, uh, yeah, so we learned a lot there, but uh, we kind of realized that, you know, we all actually put in our, our two weeks uh, on the same day. It was, you know, kind of a risky move, but we all knew that we needed to kind of go, all, you know, all in totally, um, yeah. and really give Montauk Brewing, you know, our full attention. Got it. So um, when you guys decided to go all in, um, you know, what you just talked about before, the permitting process, can you talk about that a little bit? And just so the listeners know, um, you guys were trying to open up a location, correct? Like a tasting room? Correct, yeah. So (laughs) we were fortunate to find um, a building right in the center of of Montauk. It was a building that actually my parents built. Uh, My dad was a home builder, a carpenter. My mom's a, a school teacher in Montauk. And uh, they built the building as a woodworking shop in 1996. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I kind of grew up in the, you know, it was kind of a big part of my, you know, childhood. Um, you know, I grew up in the building. So it was cool that, you know, when my dad was starting to kind of want to retire and uh, we were just starting out, I kind of went to my parents and it, I have to give them a lot of credit for believing in us. Um, you know, they offered up the building and, and, um, and then we looked into what it would take to actually turn it into a brewery because um, obviously there's a lot of wastewater and uh, you're making a product that people are consuming. So there's a lot of you know regulation behind that. Okay. Um, nobody had ever tried to build a brewery in Montauk, so it was uh, very new for the town. So they didn't necessarily um, they didn't turn us down, but they they didn't know how to categorize what we were actually trying to do really so it took um you know i guess i kind of used 
ignorance is bliss sometimes because mm-hmm. we we kind of didn't know what the process would entail. So I spent about three years uh, in town hall, just kind of educating the town and really fighting for this. So, okay. it, you know, it was just a, a long process um, that we finally got uh, got approved. So meanwhile, during those three years, were you guys still selling the beer or is it you were you waiting for that tap room to open? We were. So we realized that we needed to open and at least okay. get going. So we found a partner brewery, a contract brewery up in upstate New York that um, that allowed us to at least get product in the tap room. Okay. Um, so we had the tap room. We just couldn't build the, the actual manufacturing part of it, which is Got located it. in the same building. Okay. Uh, so it allowed us to at least launch the brand and get product out and start building some sort of buzz around Montauk Brewing Company. Definitely, yeah. Did you guys encounter any naysayers during that time? Like anyone think you guys were a little bit crazy to try to start this? We, you know, we had, well, I, I go back and forth because the community and our friends and family were extremely supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really think there were any naysayers at that time. I think it was more, I don't know if it was really naysaying. It was more, um, you know, once we started to really get the ball rolling and build an actual brand, I think some of our competitors, which I think com- competition is a wonderful thing. I love yeah. it. I thrive on it. But I think some of them embrace us at, right. at the start, I guess. Okay. <laughs> No, definitely. Um, and then, question for you guys too: Where were you guys financially at this point? Were you guys making any money, or were you just sort of trying to get the business started? We just wanted to get the business started. So another part, obviously, it's it's a capital intensive um, business to start with tanks and just making beer. So mm-hmm. we went through about six months of uh, SBA Small Business Administration loan process. Okay. And they eventually turned us down. It was not a good time for lending when we started this. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So that was uh, another roadblock, I guess. But yeah. we uh, we were able to, we kind of just, all three of us emptied our bank accounts, what we had, and yeah. and, and opened our doors. We yeah. took some family, you know, just small amount, you know, little loans and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and got the, the company started. We do have, shortly after we started, you know, building a brand, um, banks still, you know, it's, it's a risky kind of business. We're also young. So it was, it was tough to get, you know, banks involved, mm-hmm. um, which actually turned out to be a good thing. Cause we were able to find, um, we do have some, you know, smaller investors now that allowed us to kind of go all in and quit our day jobs and, and, you know, go a hundred percent with this, mm-hmm. but it was, it was more than just capital. It was, um, and I'd urge anybody who's starting, a, a business, um, whether, you know, whatever kind of industry it is, um, look for people that actually offer more than money because that turns out to be sometimes the easier part. Okay. It's more about, you know, I, I have, you know, my mentors in this are, you know, a couple of our investors and, mm-hmm. um, it, it's more of a relationship than it's obviously money is important, but I think relationships and being able to get on a phone call and bounce ideas off somebody who's invested is, is critical to success. Right. Definitely. Um, I love that you guys persevered through those first few years because, um, so I'm in the real estate world and so to do commercial real estate. So we have a lot of flex product and we've had a lot of breweries approach us and we've gotten to points where, you know, we have a lease teed up and ready to go. And then the township is like, shut us down. So I know that can be really frustrating process. So I think it's cool how you guys got through it. 
And then, so it was 2012 when you guys officially opened the doors of your first tap room? We did, yeah. June, okay. <coughs> excuse me, June 30th, 2012. That's awesome. So, and that's been six years? Uh, yeah, we'll be six this the end of this month. Okay. And then did you guys have any, like, aha moments during those first five years or so when you sort of knew you guys were on to something really big? Um, you know, I don't know if there was one big thing. I think the past five and a half, six years um, has been a lot of small wins that okay. kind of add up to, um, you know, I guess success or at least, you know, on our way to success. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I think realizing that the, the community has supported us, um, you know, I handle all, you know, I handle sales and marketing for the company and, you know, just from social media and what I'm seeing in the trade, just the, you know, when I go to the city and I see people, um, you know, purchasing a six pack in a Whole Foods and they're actually excited to find it there. Um, yeah. That is, you know, when I see when I'm in a bar and I'm kind of undercover boss kind of thing. And somebody's talking about the brand that they don't even know who I am. Right. Um, you know, I always kind of smile to myself because that's that's just such a good feeling. And yeah. I think we've had a lot of those kind of small wins over the past few years. Totally. It's funny you say that. A lot of people I interview talk about that, that they celebrate the small wins along the way. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I also want to ask about the branding of your beers, too, because you have six on tap, correct? We this do, one? yeah. Okay. So we, um, when we started... Um, and we were talking about this a little bit before about the canning and kind of the branding behind the, uh, the company. Mm-hmm. Um, when we realized, so when we launched the company, we were only drafts. So we were only in kegs for a couple of years. And okay. then we realized that we wanted to, um, you know, sell beer in a package, uh, whether it be glass or bottle. So, or, uh, glass or, or can. So mm-hmm. we, we kind of picked aluminum cans because a couple of reasons. First off, um, they're portable, they're recyclable, um, they're great for the beach or beach environment, so if you're going out on the boat or to the beach or golfing, they're perfect. Okay. Um, it's also better for the beer quality, to be honest. Um, you know, no oxygen can get in, which is what skunks beer, and even, uh, you know, a, a, a glass, um, you know, the cap that, that's on glass bottles, air mm-hmm. can still kind of seep in there. Okay. Um, and also light doesn't get into cans, so it's both good for quality and, and for uh, portability. Got it. Um, and then what's your team look like today, too? I know you have two co-founders, um, Joe and Eric, and then who else is on the team with you guys? Yeah, so uh, the, there's the three founders. Um, Joe, uh, in the last kind of couple of years, you know, has probably a lot of people that you've interviewed or whatever, small business experience, mm-hmm. um, you know, things change with – you know, co-founder. So Joe actually took a step back a couple of years ago okay. um, for family stuff, and he's still on our board and very much part of it, but day to day not as involved. Okay. Uh, so it's Eric and I kind of running day to day. We have a great team. We have about twelve full-time employees now, mostly um, salespeople. So okay. you know, we're still lean and and you know, small company, but I think the people really make the business because. You know, as we grow, we need, you know, it's hard for me to relinquish a lot of day-to-day duties that I was, you know, that Eric and I were, were doing. But once we found people to put in positions to win and succeed, it was like a huge weight off our shoulders. And, okay. and I could kind of excel in areas that, that would actually help the business in other ways. So, yeah, we have about 12 full-time employees and, and 
and growing. So a big part of what we're doing is trying to hire locals so they okay. can stay local. Right. Which was really important for us. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, any, um, you know, advice on how to divide and conquer? So how you and Eric divide and conquer everything you, you guys yeah, have to so do? When we started, I mean, when, when I was looking through, uh, you know, some of our past history and, you know, I take notes since day one, which um, have obviously changed uh, through the years. You know, I noticed a big change. Um, when we started, you know, you wear a lot of the same hats. So you have a lot of the same roles just because you have to, mm-hmm. you know, things are happening so quick. And, and I think once we were able to, uh, really pick our strengths and run with that and build a team behind us to, to do what they were good at, um, we were much more efficient and there wasn't like a overlapping of duties. It was more, you know, I'll, it's all checks and balances. We're all, we know what everybody's doing, but when you can kind of run efficiently, um, that's when we, I really started to see the company grow. Okay. That's awesome. And so it's been fine working with a friend too. It has. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a unique relationship because you obviously grow up with somebody. I think a big reason we've been successful is our communication has gotten a lot better since Mm -hmm. day one. So there's literally, you have to, you know, we have, have weekly team meetings and you know part of it is voicing you know it might not be all operational things it might be you know what's going on in your life like let's kind of if you need to talk about something let's talk about it get it out in the open if you have an issue or whatever we're just celebrating the wins i think a big part of small business is you know being small is a wonderful thing because you can you know those like i was talking about those small wins that we could identify and kind of, you know, high five about, um, you know, you have to celebrate those small wins. And I think the, the better communication, um, just the, the, the healthier the company is going to be. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I work with a couple of my siblings and, um, when I started, I had to work on that, communicating with them. And, and you're right. If, once you learn that, you know, you can excel quickly. So no, it's, it's, it's more about business than, emotion i guess definitely we were able to separate that um it was it was actually a really kind of liberating feeling when we identified that exactly i totally agree so at what point did you guys decide to expand past montauk with the distribution sure so when we started um you know beer distribution is is tough because it's kind of a three-tiered system so we make the beer, we sell it to our wholesaler, and then our wholesaler has the network to sell it to bars and retailers. Um, so when we started, we self-distributed for about a year and a half. Um, so, And we actually, we were still working our, our day job. So one of us would work the tap room at night, and then two of us would take orders and load up kegs in our cars and, and deliver beer just to mostly local accounts on the East End. I would say anybody starting whatever business they're doing has as much hands-on as possible and really okay. learn as much as you can. You know, we don't have to distribute kegs anymore, but I think distributing and delivering kegs for those first, you know, that first year and a half was just paramount to to building the brand because when a bar owner calls in an order and the same guy took the phone call is bringing a keg into their, you know, basement cold box with two feet of snow on the ground in February, it builds credibility. And it, it, you know, I think that was really key to our success. Okay. Um, After that, we signed on with a uh, wholesaler for Long Island. So Nassau and Suffolk County, and that's Boning Brothers um, based in Lindenhurst. 
And that really allowed us to get beer just to more people and more fans and just build the brand on Long Island. Um, and then we decided to launch the Five Boroughs um, a couple years after. So that was 2015 we did that. Okay. And um, that was great. I mean, we were able to, you know, and this is to our business plan, we don't want to just open up new markets because it feels good. It, you know, we want to make sure we build our home market, which I consider New York City our home market because we are still the local brand there. Okay. Uh, and the population is so big. So, you know, we were able to basically sample um, and build the brand on the East End um, for a couple of years and then connect those same customer, you know, that customer base in the city um, during the fall and winter. So um, that really helped us grow um, fairly quickly, actually. Okay. And I guess that helps, too, because you guys obviously are a summer town. So it helps you throughout the entire year. Yeah, you know, we obviously, it is very seasonal, so our bell curve is is weighted heavily to, you know, the summer months, but New York City is just a year-round market, so that really helps us, you know, we are in business for 12 months, so we want to build the shoulder months, um, you know, as strongly as we can. Yeah, and um, a question I had for you, too, about Montauk, because I know that it's kind of exploded with tourism in the summertime over the past, like, five or six years. Um, have you guys seen that? Is that fun to watch, given that you've grown up there? It is. I mean, from a, a young entrepreneur, I love it. Um, you know, some people aren't as thrilled with the changes, I guess. But mm-hmm. the nice thing about Montauk is, you know, the fall and winter, it goes right back to kind of the gritty fishing town, yeah. um, which I love. Um, but it's also, you know, the restaurants and and most of the families depend on those few months during the summer to to do a lot of business. So I love it. I mean, it's, it's still a very beautiful town, even when it explodes during the summer. Totally. Um, and then the word grit too, which you just mentioned. So in a lot of my interviews, I talk about Angela Duckworth's book. She worked, she um, wrote a New York times bestseller. It's called grit, the power of passion and perseverance. And she talks all about the different meanings of grit. So, um, would love for you to describe, you know, what the word grit means to you. Because I know you've said before that the people in Montauk are gritty. So we'd love to hear that as well. Sure. So I think, um, you know, growing up here, you're just instilled with, um, you know, it's a very blue collar, hardworking, um, kind of no frills town. You know, it's, it's fishermen, it's school teachers, it's, it's a lot of carpenters and trade people. And, um, you know, growing up and seeing my parents and my friend's parents um, just work really hard to mm-hmm. provide for their families. I think that really instills just a, a, a responsible work ethic um, mm-hmm. that I think is key to, you know, not just our success, but a lot of my friends' successes with, you know, businesses that they have or, you know, I've, it's hard to capture, I guess, the exact vibe of, of what being gritty is, but I think it's just, you keep going, you keep working hard, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, achieve goals. And I think the Montauk, uh, community is, is a prime example of that. Mm-hmm. I love that. So there are a lot of listeners that might be listening that also have a passion of starting their own company. Um, what advice would you give to them to maybe, you know, go ahead and pull the trigger? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. I, you know, first off, I think, a, a 
key to, to being successful and, and really going all in is learning a lot and being inquisitive to people who have done something like what you're trying to start before you. So, mm. you know, before we even thought about going for permits, I went around to different breweries on Long Island and, you know, when we started, there were about 12, there's about 40 now. So the industry is certainly growing. Wow. Um, but I, they were an open book, you know, it, it you can learn a lot from somebody who has already made mistakes that they will share with you. It's not necessarily, you know, I've made mistakes in this and uh, you learn very quickly what not to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are people, I have a lot of respect for uh, people older than me that have done something on their own. Mm -hmm. um, and for the most part, I think they're willing to share their experiences and pass down the knowledge that they've you know, amassed over, over their career path. So I would say just be an open book and don't think you have the answer to everything because you probably don't, but, um, you know, just learn and ask a lot of questions. Okay. And then once you decide like, this is, this is it, this is the time to do it. Just go all in and don't be afraid to, you know, stumble. I mean, I'm new to this. This is my first business. I mean, I'm 32 years old and, um, you know, I've made mistakes and I'll make a ton more, but mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, learning and uh, from one of my mentors in the business now, you learn and just do your best to not make the same mistakes again. You're going to make mistakes, but just don't repeat them. Right. <laughs> totally. No, that's great advice. And then I meant to ask you earlier too, um, where do you see the, co the company growing and evolving um, over the next, you know, five to six years? Because you guys have been in business now, I guess, for... Do you, do you say 2010 is the year you guys started, or is it really 2012 when you guys opened the doors of the tap room? Really 2012 we opened. Okay. Um, so, yes, we'll be six this month. Um, okay. You know, it's a good question. I get, I ask that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we started this, I didn't – I, quite frankly, didn't think we would be where we are uh, this quickly, uh, selling as much beer as we are and building – not just selling beer, but building an actual – fan base like we actually are creating like a family mentality of people mm. who are really embracing the brand so i think we have some pretty aggressive growth goals um but i think being adaptive and uh being able to evolve with you know as new challenges kind of arise i mm. think that's very important so i don't know where we'll be in five or six years okay. but i know it's going to be an exciting ride i guess definitely um, yeah so I think it's just being open to, to really addressing where you are now and and being flexible to, uh, you know, where you're going to be in a few years. Are you open to um, expanding into other locations, such as the Philadelphia market? <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we get a lot of requests from, actually, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia area, um, New Jersey, the Northeast is big. We actually get a lot of calls from California and Florida. Oh, wow. Okay. I think, you know, any beach town, I think the brand would do very well, but... Uh, you know, I go back our business plan. We're really trying to stick to aggressive growth, but mm -hmm. in our home market. Sure. Um, we are in a lot of places, but we're not in a lot. So that excites me. You know, there's a, a big opportunity where we are to just do better. Um, that said, we're certainly open to, you know, new markets. I think when we do that, we would go all in and really focus on, on, building the brand there because um you know a lot of breweries just open up new markets mm -hmm. because it feels good and it you know it'd be fun and it usually doesn't work out very very well for them okay. because 
you know, uh, you need to keep up with demand. You have to keep up, you know, put a, a salesperson there. So we want to develop, you know, the New York market as, as best we can. And I think that next market will be a lot easier if we do everything right, you know, where we are. We okay. also, we haven't gotten through a season uh, without out of stocks, okay. um, which I just, you know, we didn't kind of realize how fast the company would grow. So, um, you know, we threw out our crystal ball a long time ago and uh, we want to make sure that we are keeping up with demand and mm-hmm. doing right by our current fan base before we open new markets. Yeah. Have you actually read the book um, Good to Great by Jim Collins? I have not, no. It's a good read. Um, I'm actually reading it right now and I think you're on the right the right track. They talk about like what makes a company, just like the title is, good rather than great. So they talk about like Walmarts and all these huge companies that have done so well and, and why they did so much better than, you know, the, um, other sorts of companies. And one of the reasons is like the slow growth, like taking your time and, um, and not, you know, hurrying and opening up in different locations just to open up. So, um, no, it's a great read. I'll definitely, I'll send you, um, I'll put that book in the show notes too. Yeah, please. I'd love to, uh, I'll definitely read that. So, uh, I think we can do some rapid fire questions if you have enough time. Yeah, sure. Fire away. Okay, cool. So um, what advice would you give to your 25-year-old self? I guess that's the year you guys opened the the brewery, too. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say just enjoy the ride and be thankful always because, um, you know, you're going to meet a lot of people along the way and just really thank them for, for supporting so be thankful and grateful. Okay, that's a big actually theme in a lot of my um, in my podcast is being grateful for everything. So I think that will make more good things happen when you focus on the good things in life rather than the bad. Hundred percent agree. Um, so do you have any particular daily routines that help you conquer the day? Uh, yeah. So I recently got into uh, a friend of mine suggested uh, meditation. Okay. Um, but recently got into that, and that's been awesome, just helping me be present and uh, and focused. Uh, I also train, you know, physical training pretty consistently mm-hmm. and I'm outside, for, you know, as much as I can just, you know, at the beach or swimming, uh, surfing. So just yeah. a lot of outdoors. That's awesome. Now they say, that, um, I listened to the Tim Ferriss podcast. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him at all. But anyways, I am, yeah. Okay. Books now. Yeah. So he's at 90% of the people that he's interviewed and he's interviewed, you know, people from all over the world. And 90% of them do meditation. So you're all into something with that. But, um, but <laughs> I'm still trying to get into it, though. I try to do meditation. But I've done this thing by Tony Robbins. It's called um, like priming. So basically, you think of three things you're grateful for and then three things you want to thrive in that day. So I feel like I'm kind of like fake meditating. But it's a start, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. You got to start somewhere, right? Exactly. Um, so do you surf out there a lot, too? Because I know it's a, a big surfing town. I do, yeah. Pretty much, you know, even if I, I do surf, but even if, you know, I have friends that don't, but they're, the ocean is still very much a part of everyone's lives out here, whether it be fishing or sailing, uh, you know, the beach is kind of your babysitter when uh, when you grow up in Montauk. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so if you could give one book to every person, what would it be? Uh, that's a good question. I've read a lot of really good books lately, but mm-hmm. one that... Um, probably a 
funny answer, but a, a book that my father just uh, gave me for my birthday last year, it's a book called Cabin Porn. Okay. <laughs> and it, it's actually, it's really, it's not so much of a read as much as an inspiration for kind of find, finding a, a quiet place in the woods, but a lot of really great modern and cool cabins kind of all over the world through time. Okay, um, very cool. It's a really simple little book, but it's 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 very kind of gives some inspiration. I'd love to build myself a little cabin somewhere in the future. Totally. I'll make sure to include that in the show notes too. Um, so I think we've covered everything. Do you have any last departing words or advice for the listeners? Sure. Yeah. I think, um, you know, whether it be career or family or relationships, I think a big part of success is, um, being persistent. Um, and then also just be really honest with yourself and your peers and, and, uh, and always just keep, you know, progressing, um, and learning the whole way through, um, you know, and, and be open to, uh, you know, listening and learning to people. Awesome. And then where can everyone find or follow Montauk Brewery Company? Sure. So you can find us online at, uh, montaukbrewingco.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then social media, uh, is a big marketing tool for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's at Montauk Brew Co. Okay. Um, and then you can find the beers throughout Long Island, uh, the five boroughs, uh, Westchester, um, in cans and draft. Awesome. And then do you run that social media account? Cause you guys have a really strong following. Yeah, you know, I do. I run all that. And, um, you know, I think that has also helped us, um, kind of bring in, I use the term family, um, before because, you know, right down to the, the golden retriever. I mean, that's you know, my dog and she's, you know, kind of famous at the brewery. Um, it's kind of funny how that's evolved, but, um, yeah, it's helped us create a brand that speaks to more of a lifestyle than just beer. Um, you know, it speaks to men, women. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's all me. It's, it's really worked for us. That's awesome. You've done good work with that. Um, well, thanks Vaughn. This was awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Stephanie, thank you so much for having me. You know, it really is an honor to be here. Hi, everybody. Thank you so very much for taking the time to listen to High Five Success Stories. To learn more about the podcast, feel free to follow me on Instagram. My handle is at High Five Success. Or on Facebook, you can like High Five Success Stories with Steph Hayden. Or I'm also on Twitter. My handle is at High Five Hayden. And lastly, you can subscribe to the newsletter on my website, www.stephhayden.com. And if you get a second, I would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on iTunes. Thanks so much.